Sweet, sweet time in the presence of the Lord. It's amazing, you know, when the, when the Bible says that Jesus will build his church, he truly, truly does. He truly does. And this morning I'm going to be preaching on the spiritual gifts. And isn't it funny that God has just put his gifts on display? So I'll give him all the praise. And I want to just invite Chantelle up quickly. Chantelle went down to Queenstown to uh, minister with Malani and another bunch of girls into um, some 412 churches that gathered for a ladies weekend. And I wanted to just to share one or two little quick testimonies of some of the, the things that God was doing there. Thanks, my love. Hello, Yella. So when Sean asked me to share, I was like, okay, Lord, like there's so, literally, there are so many testimonies and I, and I had to obviously just pick one or two, but, but there's one or two. And the first one that really stood out is when I went, I had nothing to give. I honestly, I just came through, like you all know, a very traumatic time, and I almost canceled a hundred times. I decided to 100% go a week before. And still, when I said, okay, I'm definitely gonna go, I had nothing to give. Anyways, we arrived the Thursday night, and the Friday about lunchtime, it was myself and six other ladies, and then the two ladies that organized um, the, whole, the whole ladies weekend. And uh, we had a, a prayer meeting and we just sat in the Lord's presence. Um, and as we went around, we just repented for stuff in our own hearts and just came clean before the Lord and just invited his presence. And then the last girl that shared, she, um, she was supposed to do the, the worship workshop and she was leading worship the whole weekend. But she had terrible flu, like terrible flu the week before, like a bronchitis, like very, very bad flu, fevers, everything. She got better, but she wasn't better yet. So as she was sharing, she just started crying and saying, how she, she doesn't know how she's gonna do this weekend. It is absolutely beyond her. Her throat, something feels like it's closing her throat the whole time. She was, she was actually scared and nervous. Anyways, and I just, I felt the Lord say something to me, but it's so easy to go, oh, it's just flu, shame. You know, she's gonna get better. But I felt him say to me, it's not flu, it's a spiritual thing. Now for me, sitting there going, I don't wanna pray for people, I don't really wanna step out because it felt like if I step out, I get smacked, you know? So I know it's not right, but that's the mental state I was in. Anyways, long story short, I went to her afterwards and I said to her, listen, I'm gonna really step out on faith here, but I feel like this is a spiritual thing and I feel like it's a religious spirit that's come for you and to silence you because you're the one leading the worship. And I started praying for her and literally, instantly, her throat cleared up. She could literally, <laughs> she started laughing and smiling and it was like the flu went, there was maybe a little bit of snotties left, but she was honest to God, so much better. And the, the, the beautiful thing is, is that not just she was healed, I was healed. And if I didn't step out in faith and pray for her, I would not have been able to see the other miracles I did that whole weekend. So it was out of obedience that God healed both of us. Her flu and my heart. And then just some highlights of the weekend. We saw plus minus about 35 ladies um, praying tongues for the first time, being baptized in the spirit for the first time. We had four salvations, three got baptized. It was like a mini revival um, in Queenstown. It was absolutely amazing so i come back so filled and recharged and yeah it's so expectant so awesome. praise god eh? he really doesn't need us to be strong 
He doesn't need us to be charismatic. He doesn't need us to be good-looking. He doesn't even sometimes need us to be willing. He just needs us to be there. And um, I, I'm, uh, so Jonathan Connor is coming tonight. And for some of you, you might, be, you might be just going like, what's the big deal? It's just God. It's just one man, right? And it is just a man. And he will be the first person to say that he understands that he is only a vessel. But in the last couple of days that I've been ministering with him in, in different contexts, we've seen well over 250 people get saved or recommit their lives. I prayed for one guy who had been shot. He'd literally been shot. He had a bullet wound in his gut. The trauma of it had actually caused him to backslide. He couldn't move past that. He had, he'd actually, instead of taking a spirit of fear on him, he'd taken a spirit of control. He would control every situation. He'd be very aggressive in his posture towards everybody. He was like, no one will ever mess with me again. And he came before the Lord on that night, not actually for salvation. He came for healing for this wound and for his knees. And God started to speak and to minister to him. And he gave his life to the Lord that night. After all of the calls had gone up, he gave his life and his knees got healed. That's just one. In the beginning of, of Thursday, Friday night, I felt the Lord say, while we were busy in the prayer meeting before the time, I felt him say he's going to start to deal with mental illness, anxiety, depression, uh, stuff like that. Jonathan came up and he gave, a, he gave a word of knowledge about a black lady who's got a family line of early deaths. And this person is battling with a mental illness, schizophrenia or something like that. And the whole place kind of went quiet and nobody responded. And then he made other calls and other calls and he released what he released in faith. And if you had been sitting in the crowd, you would have thought he was a false prophet because nothing happened. But let me tell you, I was standing there, the meeting was starting to end and there was a lady standing there all by herself. And I said to her, ma'am, are you still waiting to be prayed for? And she said, yes. I said, what, why did you come up? She says, in my line of ladies, my, I, our ladies die early, mid-30s, 40s, all of the ladies, my mom, my mom's mom, her mom, all the rest of it. She says, my dad is involved in witchcraft back in Zimbabwe. And she says that I suffer mentally. It's like at times I'm not in my own head. There's a spirit of confusion. And we started to pray for and demons started to manifest and we drove these things out of her and she found freedom in the name of Jesus. This is the sort of things that are starting to happen. It's not just about physical healing. God is coming in this time and he's healing people mentally, he's healing people physically, he's healing traumas, he's doing incredible, incredible things through a group of people that have made themselves available. But I want to say to you that each of us, each of us have been given something by the Lord. And the picture that I had, I wanted to bring it here, was I was going to take a box, put some licorice, all sorts in it, wrap it up five times, and then give it to Skylar and say, Skylar, he has the box. And how do you think Skylar would have handled that box? Do you think she would have gone, oh, wow, nice, and put it down? Or would she have ripped into that to get to the gift? She would have been wanting to get to what was inside. And I want to say to you that many of us have been given gifts by the Lord. You probably don't. Some of you might not know it. Some of you may have been given gifts and they're lying on your shelves, but I'm hoping today to inspire us to dig into that which God has given us. And there's different gifts that are given. Sometimes the gift is given for us to minister into the life of the church, which is a fivefold gift, and I'm going to explain that to you. And sometimes it's a spiritual gift or two or three or four that the Lord gives to us 
to build up the church and to love his people. So if we can go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11, I want to read this with you. This is Paul. He's talking to the Corinthian church. As you may know, the Corinthian church is a church of pagans. These guys were devil worshippers. They were idol worshippers. They, they, they valued philosophy. They valued knowledge. They, they would have these sort of people would be the people that would be having sexual intercourse with prostitutes as a form of worship in their temples. This is how decrepit these guys are. But now they've come and they've got saved. They're in the church of Christ. And God is saying, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were pagans. Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men. Now this is where it gets exciting. Now to each one, that means you. See, no, that means you. And Paolo, that means you. And Sean, that means you. To each one, the, manifest, uh, um, sorry, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What that means in our terms is God is giving you a gift for all of us. It's not a gift that you take and you put in your pocket and you pull it out on certain occasions. It's a gift that's given for the benefit of all. There are different kinds. Uh, hold on. Maybe, yeah, now to, yes, thank you. Next one. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. That thing I told you about Jonathan Conrad speaking that word out about that lady, mental illness, early death. That's called the word of knowledge. It was released by the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. Another, prophesy. Another, to distinguish between spirits. Another, to speak in different kinds of tongues. We had a word of, of a, 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 a tongue released in the service today. There it is. If you doubt it, don't have a look. It's in your Bible and mine too. And to still another interpretation of tongues. Come on, guys. Can you not see this? God is showing you what I'm teaching. He did it before I did. This is not my message. It's his. He's showing you that this is for us and it's manifest in our meeting. This is something to be excited about. Next verse, please. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Do you know what that means? That means the Holy Spirit looks at you and he goes, that's for you. And that's for you. And that's for you. And then he looks at Debbie and he goes, that's for you. And then he goes to Shane and he goes, that's for you. And he gives it to us and he looks at us and he knows us and he knows what would be best for us. He knows how we are going to work with these things. So these are the spiritual gifts. And I'm going to come back to them in a little bit more detail just now. But then there is what's called the fivefold gifts. And these gifts are gifts that travel to the nations. These are big gifts. These are gifts that come into the life of the church. And as they start to minister, as they start to use their gifting, the church is encouraged and built up. And I want to talk in a little bit of detail about that. So if you can, AP, if you don't mind, please, just go to Ephesians 4. This is just between before 4.12, which is what we are all part of, our, prophetic, our, our apostolic partnership, which is to equip the saints for the works of ministry. But it says, 
it was given to some to be apostles, prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. Now, while the, world, while the word fivefold is not there, it's the collective noun that we use to group these together. It's a gaggle of geese. It's a pride of lions. It's the fivefold ministries. These are gifts to the church. And when these gifts operate, you will be able to tell that's a gift. They're not operating in a gift. They are the gift. Is that okay? So when we look, let's look at the first one, the apostles. The apostles are the master builders. They're the, they're the architects on earth. And the grace on their lives is when the apostolic comes into a church or a group of churches, what they can see is they can see what's working and what's not. They can see which parts of a specific body need strengthening, which parts of it is a little bit tension. Where are the areas perhaps where there's some doctrinal stuff where an elder, believe it or not, us elders are not perfect. So we can get stuff wrong. If I have a certain bent, I'm prophetic by nature. It's my spiritual gift is the prophetic. So what I could do, unless tensioned by an eldership team, unless tensioned by the apostolic, is I could start to lead this congregation only through the prophetic. If I'm, a very, if I'm evangelical by nature, all I'm going to want to do is get people saved. I'm never going to look after the lost. Ach, those that come into the family. You understand? The apostolic will come in and go, hey, you bent in a certain way. This is what we need to do. In Corinthians, what is Paul doing? As an apostle, he's correcting the church. He's going, listen, I want you to be aware of these things, but you're going into excess. You need to slow down a little bit. So the apostolic builds. In the life of Joshua generation, for those of you who are looking in, we relate to the apostolic through guys like Jonathan Stanfield on the Isle of Man. Ryan Kingsley in City on a Hill, Brad Verena in Oxygen Life. There are external voices that will operate throughout the life of our church to come in and see where is Josh Jen off kilter? Because while Jesus builds his church, he uses man. And man is faulty. We get things wrong. And the apostolic comes in and it corrects us and it moves us back so that the church reflects the glory of God. So that the church is a pure and a spotless bride. That one day when we stand before the Lord, he looks at it and he goes, that's a church that I can uh, redeem. So when the apostolic ministers, generally what you're going to find is you're going to find yourself wanting to give more of you. Because they love the church. They're in love with God's church. They look at it and they bring us into it. And, they're gonna, and obviously a lot of times what will happen is you'll find that you will be realigned. As the church gets realigned, so our hearts get realigned and we as individuals will get realigned. And that's why you'll come back from something like a 412 with the apostolic ministers and it'll feel like God's done surgery on your heart. He's cut away things that don't look like him. He's changed things. He maybe he's, he's broken a theological barrier that you weren't aware of. And that makes the church beautiful. That's what a fivefold ap apostle will do. Then we have the prophets. I love this one. This is, this is, this is my stuff. And when, the, when, the, when the, um, the Bible says that each of us should prophesy, especially prophecy for the building up of the church. But these are not especially prophecy. These are guys that are prophets of the Lord. When they come into the life of the church, they're going to encourage us. They're going to uplift us. They're going to edify us. This is what the prophetic does in the New Testament. It's not watchmen on the wall calling down the the seven wraths of heaven. It's guys that are coming in and they're encouraging the life of the church and God's showing them little nuances and together with 
the uh, apostolic. They can actually build into the life of our church. They would be able to come in and those sort of gifts would be able to minister to us and we develop this amazing love and, and we'd want to prophesy, we'd want to speak the very words of God, but also they'd be able to work with local eldership teams and say, hey, there's something of, there's something of a leadership gifting on that person. Miracle signs and wonders on that person. And they can work together. Why? To build the church. Right. When a prophet ministers, you're going to find yourself being encouraged, built up, edified, comforted by their words. And you're going to find you want to prophesy and it is easier to prophesy because they break open a river of God, so to speak. Evangelists. This is what, for those of you that are going tonight, are going to experience. And I'm telling you, if, it's, if the thing said it's full, just come. I'll give you my seat, come. It's gonna be amazing, you want to be there. But when the evangelist, when the fivefold evangelist speaks, people get saved. The gospel is heard in its purest form. Hearts get cut, hearts get circumcised, hearts get, get brought back to him. And the way that the evangelist builds into the church is that he finds the lost, he brings them into the kingdom and then he passes them onto the church and the church loves them and cares for them and disciples them. And if we have a look in Mark 16, verse 19 to 20, generally when a fivefold evangelist will minister, we will see signs, wonders and miracles. And it's not because of the man, it's because of Jesus. And it says here, uh, go to 19 please. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. He sat down at the hand of God, right hand of God. And then the disciples went out and preached. What are they doing? When we preach, we are evangelizing. And as they evangelized, the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Can you see I'm not making this stuff up? It's not me. It's not Jonathan. It's as he goes out and does the work of the evangelist and the lost come in, God works with him and confirms his word, God's word, with signs and wonders accompanying. Is this not a beautiful thing? Is this not something to be excited? So if you've got problems, come. Maybe it's your day. Maybe today is your day. If you have the lost, bring them. Maybe it's their day. But come, because these are the gifts. People will get, when they minister, People will get saved. They're going to get convicted of their sins. There's going to be repentance. There's going to be healing. There's going to be deliverance. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be believers that are going to become believers. It's a beautiful thing. The next one that we have a look at on that list is the pastors, the shepherds. And it's so interesting for me that just after the evangelist comes the pastor. And what's the fivefold pastor? Let me tell you, I love you. But he really loves you. No, no, he really, really, really loves you. He cannot help it. It's born into him. It's a, it, he is love. He's the expression of God's love. And when you spend time with a fivefold pastor, you're going to experience the love of God. It's like the very, it's like Jesus himself is going to be sitting with you. He's going to be ministering with you. And that doesn't make him weak, but he's going to love you through things. And he's going to show you the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God. And as you spend time with him, you're going to want to be more like Jesus. And when you're down, he's going to cry with you. And when you're up, he's going to celebrate with you. And when you need to be rebuked, he's going to rebuke you, but he's going to give it so nicely that you're actually going to want to do. You're going to want to change because the Lord disciplines those that he loves. A far, this is a fivefold evangelist, a pastor. They're glorious, amazing, amazing men, and I'm so thankful for these men. 
Russell Fraser would be an example of a fivefold pastor. When you spend time with him, he's not a weak man, but he's a loving man, and you'll leave feeling like you've met with Jesus himself. Then there's finally the teaching gift. And this is not your average teacher. This is not the guy that comes in and goes, okay, well, let's go to Romans 12, verse 6 and 8. He would teach this, and you would be looking at him going, are you in the same Bible as me? Because of the way that God has given these guys the ability to to unlock the mysteries of the scriptures. There's divine uh, uh, revelation that's given to these men. And you know, these men and women, someone, and they come in and they, 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 can, they can break open the word of God. Right? When they operate, you're going to find yourself wanting to go to the Bible. Whenever I've sat under a fivefold teacher, it's like you can't wait to get home so you can go and look at that scripture that they just expounded on for you to see. Does it really say that? And then when you look at it, you see it. And it's exciting because he drives you to the word of God. He gives you love and appreciation for the word of God. These are gifts that God has given to you and I as a body. Very specific gifts. There's, maybe there's none of us in this room that will ever be a gift, a fivefold gift. And maybe there's 10 of us. I don't know. The Lord decides that. But if we go back to our initial scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, and we can probably move down to where it starts listing the gifts for you, please be down mind. These are not fivefold. Hideous ones, Amal. Each of us get a little piece of this action. And you today have got a piece of this action. If you are in Christ, if you've given your heart to the Lord, if you're a disciple of Christ, you have got spiritual gifts. And let's read about what some of these are. He describes the gift of wisdom or knowledge. Have you ever spent time with someone and they just, like, they're so wise. They can just, they just understand stuff and they can show you how to work wise things. It's a gift that God's given them. Solomon was wise. It was a gift that was given to the Lord. Words of knowledge, beautiful gift. Cuts between flesh and bone. Beautiful gift. The gift of faith. Have you ever spent time with somebody that when you enter into their presence and you leave their presence, it's like, oh, I can run through the great wall of China for Jesus. Hey? But nothing seems too big for them. Where's Hanalet? Hanalet's probably got a gift of faith. If you need a bit of faith in your life, go and spend some time with Hanalet. She's going to give you faith. Man, when you spend time with her, there's nothing Jesus can't do. And there's nothing you can do. But you spend time with her, she's going to give it to you. Because it's in her. She just knows. She's got this revelation of who Jesus is. She knows how faithful he is. She knows how powerful he is. And when you spend time with her, you're going to get it too. It's like it's a, a fine perfume that just permeates you. To perf- the gift to perform signs, wonders, and miracles. There's just some guys and ladies amongst us, when they lay hands on the sick, the sick get healed. It's not because they're great, it's because Jesus is great, but they carry that gift. And when they walk, they'll just, man, it's beautiful, it's glorious. The gift of prophecy, the ability to take the thoughts of God and translate them and give it to you in a way that makes sense. The discernment of spirits. Where is that? Distinguishing between spirits. They can hear. They know what's going on. They can discern when it's the enemy speaking, and they can discern when it's the truth being spoken. They can discern when it's from God and when it's not. 
My wife is definitely one of the people that I will say that moves in that thing. She can see it. She always says to me, I've seen them. I can see it. I can see it. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything with it yet, but we can do it. We're there. It's a gift to the church. It builds up the church. When you find sometimes actually the very thing that's manifesting in your life is actually not what's operating. There might be anger and rage and all these things coming out and you thinking, well, I've got the spirit of anger or rage or whatever the case may be. Actually, there's a rejection. And rejection is the spirit that's operating in your life and it's manifesting in anger. And the one with the gift of discernment can see, but hold on, actually, I think it's this. And it can work together with the other gifts, the prophetic gifts and all the rest of it to bring healing and deliverance. The gift of tongues. We've seen it displayed so beautifully today. So beautifully. It was a song. There was, there was, there was a release of tongues. It's a heavenly language that God speaks. And then we, can have, we have interpretations. People come and they, they, they discern, what are you, God, what are you saying? And they share that and the church gets built up. The interpretation of tongues. That tongue, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you guys fully understand, but when a tongue comes in a meeting, like that, with the mic, we would still be sitting here till now if no one had come up to say that there's a tongue. Because the Bible instructs us that when a public tongue is released, we must wait for interpretation. And the ones with the gift of interpretation are the ones that will come up and will move us forward. And so these are, these are the gifts that are demonstrated clearly in the Bible. It's for you and it's for me. And I love how it ends in chapter 11, verse 11, where it says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He knows you and he's a good God. He gives you the gift that you need. Sometimes that gift's gonna stretch you, but if you walk in it, it will never, never, your life will never be the same. If we go to Romans 12, verse six to eight, this is not an exhaustive list, there's lots more. But there we have another one. The, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Prophecy in proportion to our faith. If it's service in our serving, in the one who teaches in his teaching, one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does not act, uh, the one who does acts with mercy and cheerfulness. What this is talking about is more gifts that are given to us. There's the gift of prophecy, which comes up once again for the building up of the church. The gift of serving. Do you know that there's some of you guys in this church that just will serve flat out? You'll scrub toilet seats, you'll pack coffee cups. While everyone else is getting the glory, you will just serve faithfully in the back and you'll love it. It'll bring glory to God because you won't want glory. You don't want the mark, you don't want up front. You just want to serve God with all. You've got the gift of service. There's many servant-hearted people in this life. Debbie, Shane, these are guys that are gonna, they're gonna serve you, man. They'll serve you until their hands run dry. Baptist is the same. These guys are gonna serve you. They're gonna give themselves and their skills to the church. The gift of encouragement. I'd like to think I've actually got a gift of encouragement. Hopefully most of you, if you've spent time with me, when you've left, you felt encouraged in the Lord. Not by my good words, but by the Lord. Because the Lord is he's, he's an encourager. He says, I have good plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And yes, we know that's conditional on us on Old Testament, but that's his heart. Sorry. I'm getting a bit excited here, but this stuff excites me. It excites me, man. These are things that you have. And the fact that some of you are sitting there going, 
Either you don't know it, or you're not operating in it yet, because I promise you, when you start to flow in these things, your life will never be more fulfilled. There is nothing on earth. There is no, I've, I've sold in business multi, multi million rand deals, made big commissions, and there's a thrill in that. I've played decent sport and I've won some trophies. There's a thrill in that. But let me tell you something. When I operate in the gift that God has given me, there is nothing that will fulfill you like that. There is nothing on earth that can make you feel like I am fulfilling my purpose for being on this planet like flowing in your, in your giftings. The gift of generosity and giving. Wow. There are men. There's a guy just recently. Businessman. God has blessed him. He's praying one day and the Lord says to him, that million rand that you had that you were going to build another factory with, I want you to give it to the church. And he comes and lays a million rand down at the feet of the church. And because of that, two people could get employed for a year. The gift of generosity loves to give. And because they love to give, God loves to give back to them. When you're hungry, they're going to give you their last bit of food. They just love to give because they understand the nature of God. It's a gift that's within them. The gift of leadership. There's some guys that are just gifted leaders amongst us. You look at their lives and you just see, Rian has got a gift of leadership on his life. He leads a successful company. He leads successful people in the life of the church. There's a gift of leadership. When you're with him, it feels like you want to follow him, right? I want to follow him. And often his advice is, is key. He's got a gift of leadership. God has gifted him to lead people where they need to go. Gift of mercy. Whew. You know what? Can I tell you how to see gift of mercy? Think about those people that are always crying. <laughs> Julie. Julie's got a gift of mercy. Charmaine. There's those that when, when, when you cry, they cry. They feel. It's not just, oh, shame, I'm so sorry. They're not sympathetic. They're empathetic. When you are down, they cry with you. They cry a heart cry, and then they pick you up, and they say, let's go again. The mercy gift is a beautiful gift. It brings glory to God because he is merciful and kind. This is really, I, I'm feeling so encouraged when I'm in here. <laughs> So I want to just go quickly to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, uh, verse 1 to 2. And I want to just, I want to balance this. Why do I want you to flow in the gifts? And why should you flow in your gifts? What's the heart behind it? You see, the gifts are the hands. It's what we, it's, it's, it's what we do. It's how we express. What's the heart? This is the heart. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries of all knowledge and I have all the faith to, to, so as to remove mountains, but I, ha, I have not love, I am nothing. The heart of why I want us to be a people that exercise and move in their spiritual gifts is because we love each other. And there's this deep understanding that if the gift of generosity has been placed on my life and I'm not generous, someone misses out. If the gift of mercy is on my life and I don't extend that mercy, someone misses out. You see, the gifts that we get given are not for us. The gifts that we're given is for you. Whatever God's put in me, whatever God's put into Jonathan Conrad, whatever God's put into Chantal and Rian and Esther and Debbie, he's given it to us for you. And when I don't flow, 
you don't get the benefit. So that's why I'll give up every single night for the next two weeks to be with Jonathan Conrad so that I can learn and I can use my spiritual gifting so that I can bring it back and I can give it to you. He's going to teach me things and impart things and there's going to be things I'm going to learn and skills that I didn't know. And I take those things and I'm faithful with what God's given me so that I can give it back to you. That's why I'll take leave when I was in the workplace. I'll take leave for three days, my annual leave, to go to 412 and to be under the apostolic teaching. Because the Bible says they devoted themselves to the apostolic teaching. It's out of love, not just for me, but for you. This is why we, we go to community on a Wednesday. And we don't just arrive dragging ourselves into community going, Bertus, please just give me something from Jesus tonight because I'm going to die. No, man. That's not the heart. Sorry, I'm getting messy here, but I can't. This is it. It's not the heart, man. When we get to community, you realize that you're carrying a gift in your hand that nobody else has. It's yours. And when you come in, that gift walks in the door. Generosity, giving, prophecy, healing, whatever it is, faith comes through the door. When Hanelet walks in and I'm feeling faithless, she comes in and she gives me a word. Hey, you know what? I was just doing this and this and this, and I've been living by faith for so many years. God did this and this and this, and suddenly I go, <gasps> faith. You get it? It's not ticking a box, man. Oh. It's not ticking a box. Please, guys, get this in your head. It's not about getting to community because if you don't go to community, you're a naughty little Christian and you're going to not get into heaven. Heaven forbid, guys. Jeepers, man, be done with that stuff. Come because you love. There it is, it's love. The greatest of all these is love. That's why we do what we do. That's why we lay our lives down. And I finish with this, like I said to you just now. When you flow in your gifting, I promise you fulfillment like you've never experienced in your life before. You know that the Bible says that, that the Lord has put eternity into our hearts. Do you know what that means? That means that every single one of us deep down knows that I've been put on this earth for more than just making money, doing my job, having a family, and then fracking one day. There's more to life than that. You know it and I know it. Many, many people will get to the end of their lives going, I don't even know that I've achieved what I was put on the planet to do. Let it never be said of us. Let it never be said of us. Let us be those that by the time I want to go 120 kilometers an hour, bloody, man, I must go, when I hit that grave, I must be going like, yes, let that just go back to Jesus. I don't want to walk in grumpy and old and sad and like, oh my goodness gracious, you know. I want to be like Jenny. She's yeah, man. She's taktach, brachtach, she's taktach. Look at her, she's the picture of the glory of God. She is the picture of the glory of God and she's here and she's smiling and she's happy and she's using what God's given her. Why? Because she flows in what God's given her. She's 80 years old, she's hosting community. Community meeting in her. Sorry. But you look great for 80, man. <laughs> she's 80 years old. She's hosting community. She's giving up her home. She's cleaning up after all of you guys that come to her house. Washing the dishes, cleaning the toilet seat after the boys have been there. 
At 80 years old, she's serving, she's giving, she's taking what God's given her and she's giving it to you. Praise God for Jenny. Praise God for your community leaders. Every single Wednesday, when they mook, they get up, they clean, they put the coffee out, they, they throw all the stuff behind the cupboard doors where you don't see it, they're doing it for you. Praise God for your community leaders. Praise God for your elders that are paying a price for you. They have to live a life that is so on the line. We cannot go left or right. We have to be above reproach. That means when you look at my life, you should be able to see 99.9% of that life is actually, I can follow that man. And if I get it wrong, I have to come and tell all of you. I don't get too hard. But why? Because that's what God's put on me. And I've got to be faithful with that. And I want to charge you today. Over the next little while, I haven't really chatted to the community leaders, but, but what I want us to do is just to start circling back. I know in some of the communities we did spiritual giftings. So for those of you who've done those things, let's pull those things out. But those of you who've never done it, there's some little questionnaires that just gives us a rough idea so that you can know what it is that you need to be doing. How is it that I can say, what has God given me? How many people yesterday, be honest, how many people yesterday would be able to clearly tell me, Sean, I know what my spiritual gift is? All right, great. So we've got a couple of hands, but I would say probably 70% of us don't know. You don't know that you have an unopened gift, or two, or three, that God has given to you. And if you don't use it, all of us lose out. Are you encouraged? Run? All right? Okay, come. Stand with me. Let's pray. Come on. Your Lord, you are so beautiful and so kind and so gracious. <laughs> and you give those of us that are in Christ, you give us these beautiful gifts to build up your body, to serve one another out of love. But Lord, I'm mindful that perhaps there's those amongst us who aren't in you, who've heard about these gifts and are going, wow, that sounds incredible, but I don't, I don't even know actually that when you say Jesus is Lord, I don't know that that's me. I don't know that I'm in Christ. I don't know that he is my Lord and my Savior. And as I explained in worship, you know, we, we, are, we are wretched things without Jesus. There's not a single one of us that is righteous, not one. The Bible says there's none that are righteous, not even one. Which means that in and of ourselves we have need for a savior. The Bible is very clear that God's standard is so far beyond our own. You might say, I think I'm a good person. Never raped, killed, murdered, stolen. Well, I'll ask you, have you ever been angry with anybody? The Bible says if you've been angry with someone, you've murdered them in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman or a man with lust? The Bible says you've committed adultery with them in your heart. There's not a single one of us that can stand before the judgment seat, innocent. There's only one. His name is Jesus Christ, and he came, and he lived the perfect life in our place. And he died on a cross and was raised again on the third day for us. So that one day, when we stand before the living God, our names will be written in the Lamb's book of life.
and we will have life eternal with him. And I want to just ask if there's anybody here who's never publicly said, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want to give him my life. I want to surrender. And I want the forgiveness that comes in Jesus Christ. Then what I'd like to do is ask you just to, just to pop your hand up. All of the people that are in this room that are in Christ have done this at some stage. And the Bible does say that if you will acknowledge me publicly on earth, I will acknowledge you in heaven before my Father. So there is something of us doing this publicly. There is something of us showing God, yes, Lord, I'm responding to you. I don't want to move on until we're 100% sure that every single person in this room knows that they know that they know that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. So I'll ask again, is there anyone who has never publicly given their life to the Lord and said, Lord, come and save me, come and forgive me, and come and use me? Is there anyone? Okay, then I want you quickly just to look at your neighbor and say to your, ask your neighbor one question. If today was your last day, Would you be with Jesus tomorrow? And if the answer to that is no, if the answer to that is no, then you need to put your hand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you come and stand here with me? Thank you. We maybe just get a couple of ladies just come and just gather around. You see, God stops this whole meeting. And all the things that we do about spiritual giftings and stuff like that, that's beautiful. But you know what? God sees one person amongst all of us and goes, stop your meeting for that one, for that lady. So why don't we all pray this prayer with her? Would you be okay with that? I'm going to say it and then you say it with us. We all say it together. Is that okay? Lord Jesus, I love you. Please forgive me. Please wash me clean. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe today that you came, you lived, you died, and you rose again in my place so that my sins would no longer be held against me. I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord, and I put my faith in you. Come and live in my heart. Come and change me from within. I am yours, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's give her a hand. Come on, man. Woo! <laughs> That's amazing. So they're gonna catch some. Some of the ladies will just catch up with you. Get your details afterwards, and we just love to. Just spend some time with you. Just pray for you a bit more. But thank you. Well done. Welcome to the kingdom. You know that every single person here has done what you've done. And it's a miracle. This is a miracle. The, the word says that heaven stops and rejoices when one sinner gives their life. There are millions of people in heaven that are rejoicing because this morning you gave your life to the Lord. Praise God. Praise God.
And then for the rest of us, the crizzies, the disciples, Lord, I pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, won't you come and ignite a fire in our hearts. Come and take a hold of us, Lord, for what you've taken. Let, let us be taken a hold of, Lord. And let us take hold of what you've taken hold of us for. I pray that even now, Lord, that you would just dispense those spiritual gifts again. Perhaps for those who've had them and have left them in the cupboard, let's polish those up and bring them out again. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a body of believers that would, out of love and devotion to you, Lord Jesus, would bring our gifts everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, whether it's coffees, whether it's Wednesday meetings, whether it's Sunday meetings, whether it's birthday parties, Christmas parties, wherever it may be, may we walk with our spiritual weapons ready to go. Holy Spirit, come and do it. A portion even right now, even in this moment to those. I pray the spiritual eyes would be open, the spiritual ears would be turned open and that we as a body would be those that are run, run, run for you, Lord Jesus, because you are so worthy. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you for what you've done amongst us this morning. We thank you for your manifest presence. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that your gifts are manifest in this place, Lord. And I bless every single person here today. And I ask, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would protect them, that where there's healing needed, Lord, that you would heal them. Where there's breakthrough needed in their lives, Lord, that you would bring breakthrough. We love you, God. And we worship you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. So hopefully you're going to see lots of you guys tonight. Um, thank you for putting up with my enthusiasm. And just a quick thing, I, I will be in Port Elizabeth next week Sunday, so you won't see me. But Rian and the team are going to be ready to serve you. So please keep in your prayers. We're, uh, we're doing some serious spiritual warfare. There's some real things happening out there. Keep us in your prayers. I love you guys. And I look forward to uh, seeing you all when I get back. Bless you. Have a great Sunday. Cheers.